Good morning, everybody. Happy hump day. Welcome to the News Agenda with me, Fleet Street Fox. And today I'm joined by the Mirror Showbiz Editor Features, Jessica Bolton. Good morning, Jess. Good morning, Susie. Lovely to see you. We're going to find a showbiz element in all these stories today, somehow or another, if we have to crowbar it in. Now, this is the People's Paper Review, so get into the comments, ask us your questions. We'll do our best to answer them for you. Those of you listening to the podcast will just have to wait until the world has stopped going mad. So what have we got for you today? Well, the mirror has splashed on the heat wave. Such an inappropriate word. The, the fact that Europe is on fire as soaring temperatures are recorded across the continent. More on that in a bit. But first, I want to take us to a story that had my jaw dropping on the floor this morning, which is that Jeremy Corbyn, former Labour leader of this parish and failed Labour leader, um, is saying he might stand to be mayor of London. Now, Jessica, take us through this because he was banned from standing for Labour as an MP, and he is, in fact, still suspended from the party, isn't he? So, presumably, he wouldn't be standing as the Labour Mayor of London. No, he wouldn't be. I mean, the question, he was speaking on radio, and basically he was asked whether he would consider standing as an independent uh, for the London mayor race um, in a bid against Sadiq Khan. Um, And he has come down with the sort of very politician's favourite answer of being a bit on the fence, but so on the fence that we do need to worry what exactly the answer is. So he basically come down and said, uh, he wouldn't rule anything in or anything out, which is effectively poli- political talk for, I'm quite fancying doing that, actually. That might be quite mm-hmm. good. Um, so th- this is a situation in a minute. So if he'd be running as independent, obviously, as people know, um, he has been a London MP uh, for decades uh, now. So years, it's, yeah. yeah, it is his, you know, it is his home stomping ground. And obviously any city he was going to pick uh, to try and do this sort of bid, it, it would be here. Um, I mean, interestingly, obviously, this is the sort of path that Andy Burnham took, um, who previously uh, ran against him in the leadership race way back um, when Corbyn first came there. So he's doing that up in Manchester and and, and it's worked well And uh, as an alternative sort of route uh, to power there. But the, the question here is, what would it mean for London and for Corbyn? Obviously, as we know, Corbyn's got such a huge following behind him, his sort of momentum uh, team behind him. Um, and actually, this morning, when you when we first sort of mentioned this, um, my first sort of thought was, you've always got to be careful what you say, because momentum are very, very vocal. And then I thought, actually, uh, I mean, uh, before I've even formed an opinion on what I think about his, you know, uh, mm-hmm. how to do as London Mayor, that was one of my first thoughts. And and actually, before even thinking about the good and the bad of, of what he would do, I, I was thinking that's actually a, a negative thing. What we don't need in the in in this city, but also in the country as a whole, is more divisiveness and more very vocal divisiveness uh, and having that kind of sort of animosity. I feel like there's so much of that at the moment that I just want to say, you know, yes, we're, you know, we, we can have left ideas we can have other ideas but let's let's not be we don't need to be aggressive to those who think differently to us and and I I share a lot of his views so I'm not saying that but I'm just saying I'd like I, I I think I'm not sure whether this is the best move 
for London because we don't want to be embroiled in a kind of well exactly against this race where where there's a lot of important issues to be discussed that need to get done uh, and we're already a very uh, we're already a very liberal city in, in my view I I believe I, I stand corrected I mean obviously there's things that need to be improved but obviously we were very, you know, London was overwhelmingly Remain. Um, you know, we've had lots of campaigns. We are very multicultural. Um, but, I mean, obviously improvement is needed. But is this, do we want to have that divisive row overtake everything else in the city and all the other big issues? Because that's the way I fear it could go. Because when you get somebody who's very extreme, not very extreme is the wrong word because that has negative connotations but when you get someone who's very in line with one particular side you're going to get people on the other side and it's going to become about that rather than about best policies well, i think i think he's pretty accurate because he's not he's probably not mainstream i think anyone would say that he was now the thing is though what do you think everybody do you think jeremy corbyn should make a comeback do you think we need him do you think there is a space for jeremy corbyn do you think he has enough support in london because momentum has kind of faded away they have become a bit less vocal in the last few years probably because their poster boy has lost a couple of times Cassie says oh my lordy corbyn for mayor oh my lordy get him out of it quick um it it was something that there are a lot of people in london who would be furious about him standing for mayor as much as they would be um supportive whether he's got enough con- support still in concentrated in one place to get elected i don't know um, but this must be Keir Starmer's worst nightmare. Mike says Jeremy Corbyn could take some votes from Sadiq Khan, but surely not enough to harm his chances. The Tory candidates don't seem anywhere near popular enough. Mm-hmm. They're very out there, aren't they? Um, so, I mean, this must be Keir Starmer's worst nightmare, though, because it'd be like having David Cameron having Boris Johnson as mayor of London, which was constant to and fro or just about anybody having Andy Burnham as mayor of Manchester you know it's a job that has a lot of autonomy the ability to cause a massive stink for the government of the day whichever side you're on and it's pretty well known that Starmer and Corbyn are opposite ends of the spectrum they do not get on at all how are they going to work together in London's best interests which is what they would have to do and 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 that's a very good point. And 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 like you say, broadening out from London, even just the effect it will have on Keir Starmer and his his the strength of his leadership. Um, because obviously it was yeah, whatever everybody thinks of Corbyn and what his policies were, uh, there's no doubt about it that he kind of set Labour back quite a long way after the massive defeat mm. uh, around the time of uh, the last sort of uh, general election before that. And then when Keir Starmer came in, it was a hope that we were moving back towards sort of where Labour was is potentially really uh, a, a viable um, uh, opposition to uh, the Tories for the next general election, which we're still actually waiting for. Um, but uh, even now, you you know he's he's had a lot of criticism Keir Starmer. There's Angela Rayner rating in sort of wings, um, and got a lot of support as well. And yes, Labour's in a very very strong position for the next election uh, with the current state of things and the popularity of the Tories. Uh, uh, rightly so, absolute bottom. Um, but it's what the question is: you don't want Keir to look weak in this time when it is still important that Labour keeps this stronghold that it's got at Mm. the moment and keeps the sort of advantage that it's got at the moment. And it could quite easily, like you say, turn into a 
Corbyn and, and Keir Starmer show and the sort of bickering between them and anything that sort of reduces Keir Starmer's ability to lead and being seen as an effective leader could actually then have a bigger effect on the general election and Labour's chances. Yeah. Um, or we're talking about another leadership battle. And I think, I mean, I think the energy in the country for all of that is 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 just getting less and less. I mean, read the papers and the issues that we should be talking about I mean, the COVID inquiry um, and the heartbreaking accounts yesterday of people that were talking about, you know, uh, what happened to their loved ones there. And at the same time, you've got people, you know, uh, obviously we're going to talk about the heat wave coming up. We've got all of that going on. And yet it seems that the focus becomes very much on this sort of squabbling between, uh, you know, various different elements of parties whichever party we're talking about and it just it does seem like the appetite appetite for that that we've had a lot of years of squabbling and internecine Mm. warfare it seems to have just sort of no one really wants us anymore what do you think everybody do you think Corbyn should just retire gently into the distance Maureen says Jeremy should be prime minister not mayor to do that Maureen he would have needed to win an election he had it tried it twice and failed twice so uh no Uh, I, I think very quickly before we we should also mention the anti-Semitism row and the handling of that because it, I mean with this it, it's a very big important point and people that were affected by that mm. or felt affected by that and you know it, it, that is a very big discussion in this so yeah. we mustn't forget that that was a big element of him being suspended. Yeah. And you need to perhaps, perhaps remember that London does have a large Jewish community mm. uh, and uh, they're probably not going to be voting for Jeremy Corbyn. Um, now, the risk is, of course, that he will be seen as standing uh, in a party vendetta as opposed to because it's, he's got London's best interests at heart. Mm. You know, if you, And if you don't like, for example, if you're a Londoner, and you don't like Sadiq Khan's uh, expansion of the ultra-low emission zone, just you wait until the old granddad at the allotment starts making rules about the traffic, because I think you'll find that Jeremy Corbyn's Ulez is going to be an awful lot more uh, autocratic. Now, Corbyn might want to get a Starmer, cause him a bit of a headache, um, but does he really want to rule, do you think, Jessica? I mean, do all the hard work, have all the scrutiny. He didn't like it the first time round, many of the anything else. He's not a young man. This is just stirring the pot, isn't it, rather than a, a serious run of power? Oh, my first my first sort of reaction to it was keeping options open, a bit of a teasing comment, a little bit of a tease, get people talking about him, which is exactly what we're doing. So it's worked mm-hmm. well. Um, and that was my first reaction to this. And I think I'll probably sort of stay at that level um, until any more indications come up that he's seriously thinking about this. Um, it is an intriguing idea of what he would do if he did come uh, and he and he did win. Um, I don't think that is something that would happen at the moment, but I may be reading the mood uh, wrong. I'm trying to think of the London mood at the moment. And obviously, Labour's had some very strong victories in the recent by-elections. I know down in Wandsworth, obviously, they they got that seat, which is fantastic. Um, you know, so all you know, I think the I think there's a lot of love for Labour. I don't think there's enough dislike in Labour to go to Corbyn in London, per se, uh, in rebellion to it. I don't think Starmer's weak enough that that would happen. So I don't think it will be an issue. But um, on on the other, you know, on the other side, I, I, I mean, I remember when Corbyn had first got 
the leadership. And uh, we were at the Mirror uh, Labour Party, which was up at the Labour Party conference. Uh, we all throw uh, we throw a party each year, and it's all the Labour people come and stuff. And and the excitement for Corbyn arriving is something that has not really been seen um, with other leaders. The excitement was, I mean, I wasn't around in the time of Blair first getting in so I don't know if it was like that then but the hysteria and the excitement it was like Harry Styles was arriving by the way some people were reacting amongst the MPs of his own party that was never properly explained as to why that really happened uh, it was a strange situation Keir Starmer certainly doesn't produce the same reaction at the mirror party it's got to be said um, last time I think he turned up in his in his pyjamas almost, um, ready for bed. Now, we'll have to see, but Starmer is giving a speech today in which he's saying it's my government's mission to make sure that you don't have to change who you are in order to get on, he says in his speech. Well, if Jeremy Corbyn's going to get on, he doesn't have to change who he is then, does he, kid? Let's see how it all pans out. But um, I would be amazed if he stands for as mayor, especially in any kind of seriousness. I wasn't entirely sure he was serious about being Labour leader. Um, so we'll have to just find out um, how things will go now uh, Jess is just having a few technical issues so um, I think she's having a little cough or something but we'll get back to her in a minute and in the meantime we need to move on and speaking of hippy dippy climate campaigners let's have a look at Europe today um, which is where uh, everything they've said is pretty much coming true now Europe's burning that's the headline temperatures are the highest they've ever been in fact the world as a whole broke its hottest ever temperature record a week or so ago, several times in one week, in fact. There are heat domes in America, there, but there are people saying this is all a globalist plot. It's a liberal hoax to try to get people to go to net zero quicker. I thought that was how we, of course they're trying to get you to go to net zero quicker. It's how we stop burning, you idiots. Uh, Jess, have you been leaving the heating on and the window open in an attempt to heat up the planet? Is this your fault, you liberal hippie dippy London? I I, I have, and I've been boiling the kettle every five minutes, Susie. No, I I mean, I've been very environmentally friendly um, for many years. I'm, a, you know, one of those vegetarian types as well for many, many years before everybody else jumped on board. Um, but it's, it, yeah, it's, we... I think the idea it could be some kind of sort of conspiracy theory, uh, uh, conspiracy ploy across the country is one of those sort of things where you just roll your eyes and you go, really, do you think that? Unfortunately, a lot of people do think mm. these sort of things. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a quick little story before we go on. I, I went to this place in, uh, it was in Kentucky. I won't say exactly where the place was, but it was a tourist attraction. And part of it was a huge display about denying climate change and how it didn't happen and how it's not true. And people were reading it and showing it to their kids, seriously. <laughs> and there were, you know, with no, no, no sort of like questioning or anything. And I, I mean, I, I appreciate where, you know, this is in sort of an area where where we know that it that climate deniers are probably quite rife a bit redneck in kentucky yeah it is but it, it it was just it was the staggering this was a huge tourist attraction and to see it there black and white and watch people read these things and go oh yeah well that's what they're telling us this lie and this is what it is it was just it just shows that actually we we are in this sort of london 
London bubble, a sort of British bubble as well, where we all, you know, we think, well, it's common sense that people are, are think what we think, but we mustn't underestimate that, that there are people around the world very staunchly do believe, you know, that it's all rubbish. Yeah, unfortunately, and it's they're the Americans and they're the superpower. That's the fundamental problem with it. If they were just, you know, Sicily or something, it wouldn't matter so much. But Sicily, of course, is one of the ones that's burning. And so is America. But they still seem to have this sort of ability to say that what's happening under their noses isn't really happening. Now, what do you think, everybody? Is it a liberal hoax? Do you think climate change uh, is something you do need to worry about or not? Now, Britain, for the moment, from the heat that is burning up Europe, is being mercifully protected by the jet stream, which sort of brings cold air down from the north and it's pushing the heat down back towards uh, the Mediterranean. But last summer, the jet stream was in a slightly different position and that heat came up. It was only for a few days, but it got to 40 degrees. It was our hottest ever temperature last summer. My raspberries burnt, nearly caught fire. Jess, all this could be on our doorstep with very little warning, couldn't it? We had, we've got footage of uh, wildfires in Greece at the moment, and mm. we had wildfires, I think it was Essex last year, and nearly took people's houses out. This isn't, you know, it, with a very few tiny tweaks to the jet stream or the Gulf Stream, which they do habitually move, um, this could be us. Yes, it could be. It, I mean, this is incredibly serious. I mean, obviously it's been getting worse over the years. Um, and the, I mean, there's various issues around this. Um, I actually have family in Greece, and it was obviously they, you know, the fires there got very close last year. Um, they were not far from from the village where they were uh, live. Um, so it, it's 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 terrifying. Um, it's terrifying that people still can't open their eyes and say this is a huge problem we do need to do something we've been warning about climate change for i mean 50 50 odd years yeah. you know, there's articles back in the 80s and yes the world didn't end by 2000 like some of them said but you know we're not far off um it's it's it it's very uh it's a very serious state of affairs at the moment um uh, I went to something with David Attenborough and, and they were talking about how this is really very much a pivotal point. This is the turning point where we've got to start acting and start acting seriously to turn it around. We may still have a chance to turn it around a little bit um, so that we don't go down the road. We haven't got that long. And they were talking about the next sort of 10 years or so is absolutely crucial now bearing in mind not to go too i don't want to be too hyperbolic but sometimes you should be um you know we haven't got a plan b let's put it like this elon musk might have a plan b because he's got a nice little spacex you know business on the side he's probably got somewhere he could shoot off to oh, you know, if, he's, if he's managed to terraform mars he's kept that one quiet exactly he has kept that one quiet, but you never know but what I'm saying is we haven't got a plan B in all seriousness. The, the planet hasn't got a plan B. So let's, you know, we need to address what the main issues are and, and look at who are the main people responsible for this. And, and I do agree that everyone should be doing their bit. But we also need to look at, I mean, there's some countries where the emissions are, you know, mm. absolutely astounding. And, and, you, and there is that sort of conversation about obviously financial situations and economics of a country versus having to be net zero, et cetera. But there needs to be really serious discussions about this because we can't let 
some superpowers and some other big developing nations pump out all of this stuff at the detriment to all of us. Um, but we also do have to take personal accountability. Um, well, this is one of the things, isn't it? I think I was talking to a member of my family at the weekend saying, well, it's all China's fault. They're the ones pumping the stuff. Out. You've got to stop China. They're the ones at the issue. Well, yes, they are producing more emissions than anybody else at the moment, and them in India. But um, that, that boils down basically to why should my life be any different? Everyone else has to uh, be, you have less power consumption. I'm going to carry on with my two cars and my uh, need for a fridge freezer and so many television sets and so many um, you know, holidays per year and I want to fly here and do this and do the other. I don't want anything in my life to alter whatsoever. Everyone else needs to fix it. I mean, that, that's what it boils down to, that kind of attitude fundamentally. And the argument is that other countries need to do more. What do you think, everybody? Paul Bateman says we won't be protected when the Gulf Stream stops. The Gulf Stream has been there for many, 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 many eons. It could potentially stop. And it's the it's the jet stream that brings down from the north. It's the Gulf Stream that brings temperate, more temperate weather, warmer weather from the Caribbean. So why the one of them? can alter but some of the, the oceans currents and so on are the things that we really don't want to alter because that affects our weather patterns and the oceans currents can alter because the ice caps melt and you get more fresh water in the sea and there's a problem with the currents and then you are oh, horribly away now listen i can remember right being taught about climate greenhouse effects uh in gcse geography which is about 30 years ago Right. Mm. Uh, and we've spent the three decades since arguing whether or not it was true. While mm. all around us in Kent, where I went to school, and where I live now, what you can grow in the fields has changed. Mm. It used to be raspberries and now there's just not enough rain in the summer for that. And so it's wine, um, which they have, in the, have had in the south of France. Um, it, the winters have got wetter. The summers have got drier. We've done very little up to now, have, despite the fact people want to say, oh, Britain's done loads, we don't need to do any more. We haven't done enough, have we, Jess, really? No, no. I mean, as a whole, no, we haven't done enough. Um, and like I was saying, I think, I, I don't think there's too many people that would say, oh, to hell with, to hell with this, I'm just going to, you know, drive my Hummer and, you know, burn fossil fuels for fun every night. Um, it's, but everyone's got to take their little bit of accountability yes uh, you know whilst we're going oh actually should i put that much water in the kettle to boil it people probably are thinking does it really make that much difference when china and is doing yeah, whatever it's doing thinking but, about the kettle boiling but they're leaving the car engine on at the traffic lights or when they're dropping their kids off at school they're insisting on a 70 grand car a massive great thing that that pumps out god knows how many emissions but they could have a smaller one frankly that was a bit better and safer there are things as well that the government could just like you know make some kinds of cars illegal if you put a certain level of emissions is illegal therefore everything gets better it could be done it, more things could be done certainly i mean i think we are making good progress it's just whether we're making enough right? obviously we talked about the ULES and I know that like lots of cities have a similar thing where it's like you can't go in certain areas if you've got a you know a particular vehicle that has certain emissions um which is actually is actually quite difficult if you're in certain professions like van drivers people that use vans and things like that for their trades that, that it, it is that's another issue as well, which hits them in the pocket. So it is a very careful balance with, with a lot of these things. I do think we, as a nation, have been 
we have done quite a few proactive measures, but I think there's always room for a lot, lot more um, because at the end of the day, nothing else really matters if we don't have a planet to live on. So all the other squabbling and all the other big issues are all insignificant against stopping climate change. In If you boil it right down, nothing yeah. else matters. All your, all your upsets. All your concerns about liberal conspiracies, there won't be any more of them, right? No. Worries about AI taking over and scorching the sky, Skynet achieving sentience. That's not going to happen. All right. Well, in fact, we'll be quite grateful if it did because they might sort it out. Um, whether or not they are like side with the Terminators. Whether or not Corbyn's going to be mayor of London, whether or not the NHS survives, all irrelevant, irrelevant if the actual back garden catches fire. Right, which is what has happened in this country last summer. Mm. Right, so it does need something sorting and doing about it, and it needs some fairly radical decisions. But I suspect, Jess, that if if Britain was having the kind of sustained heat, and that's the problem in Europe at the moment, it's not just the temperatures; uh, they have had hotter in some places. But it's the sustained heat, it's the length, the period of time it is that hot mm. which causes the death. 60,000 people died from the heat in Europe last year, or be just as many, if not more, this year. If we had a sustained period of more than a couple of days of 40 degrees we had last summer, um, I suspect the voters and the government would be an awful lot closer to sorting, saying that this must get sorted out and fixing it. Yet yeah, a couple of weeks ago, Rishi Sunak ditched a £12 billion climate project, which would have helped other nations with green schemes, would have provided British jobs, lots of geopolitical soft power, would have helped persuade the whole world to do things the way Britain wants them done to make everything uh, you know, a little bit better and healthier, because it sounded too much like spending money on other people. And no one, no one would wear it. The voters wouldn't wear it. Um, but you know, when are the when are the government and the voters going to get the hint? Do you think? Because the well, government gets the hint after the voters do. Yeah, Not exactly. And I think people get the hint when seeing more and more pictures like this. Um, I think I think there's even more footage coming from Greece this morning, uh, showing uh, you know the the intensity of some of these fires. And I think it's when it really affects people directly. And sadly, when it affects you directly, that's when you're you're going to be most invested in trying to find a solution. And I mean, one way it is affecting people um, is there has been a lot of talk about people worrying about their holidays and people saying, oh, they've had to come back from their holidays early because it's just too hot. Oh gosh, uh, the holiday that they went on a plane that they didn't need to take. Uh, I think I think we've got to have a balance a little bit because we we can't demonize people for taking their you know like one holiday a year. Yes, it would be lovely if we could turn back the clock and not have air travel. Um, but we've kind of let that one that one's that's the, the horse has bolted the stable on that one. Um it, people can get around that way. So we either go back and say, right, okay, we can't have these things, or you know, perhaps there's 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 Perhaps we put in the sort of you can only take so many flights a year or something yeah, like that, I mean, or you can only have a carbon footprint of this a year, and you can use your allowance however you can. But how you monitor that, I I don't know. Passports. There is sustainable aviation fuel. There is offsetting. You you can even if you've got family abroad and you need to go and see them and so on. There are safer, better ways of going that are less carbon uh, exhaustive, and you can. 
you can limit it to one or two a year, can't you? Exactly. It's not, exactly. You don't have a human right to fly around the world and kill it. No, and I think I think a lot of people watching probably. I mean, especially at the moment with the cost of living crisis. I mean, I, the thought of I mean, I'm personally sort of one holiday, one big holiday a year is probably what most people do. Maybe two if they're if they're lucky. I don't think I don't think we're talking about people getting off you know, every sort of weekend going somewhere or, you know, it's, but a lot of people who are saying, oh, look, they've booked their summer holiday, they're worried about going places. I've, I've seen there's been quite a lot on sort of social media about what do you do, where do you stand? And and at the moment, they're saying that there isn't much, um, there isn't much hope of like refunds because it's not one of the things that is covered um, as, as, as sort of weather is outside the control of airlines and holiday firms. So it's not necessarily one of the things that's covered that you you there. Yeah, but so so a volcano's exploding, but you you get the money back if your volcano explodes and your plane can't take off. Um, That that, that is true. Well, well, there is discussions around all that. All I'm saying is, if anyone is worrying about that at the moment, it's worth having a good look into it and and having a read. But I mean, these are the sort of very day to day consequences of this much larger problem and no we're not worried about whether or not so and so can go on holiday because the planet's burning but hopefully that brings it home to people that this is something we do need to worry about now and we we can't turn the clock back but we can do what we can to make things better because soon we won't have a choice we'll be on that road and there'll be no turning point we'll be past the turning point Exactly. Uh, and perhaps uh, perhaps one of the things you could do is anyone, if you want to go and buy a £70,000 Range Rover and have 14 holidays abroad a year and you insist you've got a human right to do this, that and the other, and you leave your engine on at the lights and outside the school run and everything else, you just have your car keys taken away. And in fact, your wallet as well, because you're playing, you're not spending it on the right stuff. Paul says, perhaps we want to be living on the immigration barges to keep cool. They'll probably, probably be pretty cold in the winter. Uh, you can call them immigration barges if you like, Paul. I'll call them prison hulks as someone whose uh, four times great-grandfather was incarcerated in one of those things for the crime of uh, stealing a sheep to feed his starving family in the middle of a climate crisis in the early 19th century, uh, I'm very much with the guys who are on the boat, actually, because most of them didn't survive the prison hulks. Uh, immigration barges probably would be slightly better. There is at least running water, but do any of us want to be on there? No. Will it fix the immigration problem? No. Is it a waste of time? Yes. <sighs> anyway, <clears throat> who who cares? Just a bit of posturing, Jessica, for headlines, for pictures. That'll fix it, won't it? No. While well, everything burns around you. Anyway, um, what do you think, everybody? Are you taking for your holidays every year? Are you turning your engine off at the traffic lights? Um, are you worrying about climate change or do you think someone else ought to fix it all? Do you think it's up to the government to do it? Or do you think it's up to the voters to tell the government to do it? Get into the comments and let us know. But in the meantime finally, we've got there. There is some good news in the world. It's good news for me anyway. Uh, And here it is. Now I've been waiting a year and a half to say this. The great Oompa Loompa, Donald Trump, revealed yesterday that his lawyers warned him to expect to be arrested in order to appear before a grand jury that is examining the crimes around the Capitol riots and the insurrection when he lost, remember that word, lost, the presidency. The world's biggest and most famous loser facing court yet again, this time for stoking his supporters to seize power in a coup. 
Marvellous news. Finally, Jess, is this proof that the wheels of justice may grind exceeding slow, but they do grind for them all in the end? Hopefully. Hopefully, <laughs> yes, it is. Um, it's, uh, Hopefully, that means no. <laughs> well, you'd hope. What is, what's, what's slightly, I mean, what's slightly bizarre about this, of course, is that We've seen that the MAGA movement uh, that and and the Trump supporters are so entrenched. It is so entrenched. I'm not sure it would make much difference, even if he does get arrested yet again. Now, let's uh, just to just to recount. This would be his third of the year that charges have been brought against him because the the first one was charges uh, brought against him uh, for. Uh, falsifying accounts around the uh mm. allegedly falsifying accounts around stormy daniels hush money the second time was with the mishandling of the classified documents if everyone remembers those lovely pictures from uh or boxes and boxes of documents, documents mm -hmm. which which let's uh, people people seem to have sort of like oh okay he's 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 facing charges for that but i mean let's remember that that is exactly what he accused hillary of doing by using uh, putting some emails on a, a non-official uh, mm -hmm. server, um, and he's sitting there with boxes and boxes and boxes and stuff, um, and then this obviously for the Capitol riots. But the problem is, will will his supporters think anything different afterwards? Because he's already started the uh, he's already started the sort of diatribe and this sort of uh, that he has about him being the victim of some outrageous conspiracy against normal people by the elite you know this is mm. what he said is like nothing like this has ever happened in this country uh before or even close he's called the guy uh, he's called the special counsel jack smith who's the prosecutor who's bringing this against him he's called him deranged and and a lunatic um, which is uh, all these uh, words you can use to describe Donald Trump, isn't well, it? Well, one, one does wonder if he's never happened before. Exactly, whether it's you know pot calling kettle orange, really. Uh, but you know, it's it's it is quite staggering. But will will this make a single jot of difference to how much support he well, has? Those are just the three charges he's faced this year. He's already lost a couple of court cases, one about tax affairs to do with uh, his businesses. And, of course, the uh, claims of sexual assaults that are brought to him, brought against him by Eugene King, which actually has got worse because he defamed her again after having lost the defamation trial. So now he's doubled the damages and they're arguing about that still. And there are still people who support him, Jess. But in order to get elected, you don't just need your hardcore of supporters. You need the floating voters. You need people who are not your hardcore of supporters who will go, do you know what? I'll, yeah. Uh, and that's what Corbyn had for a bit. It's what Boris Johnson had for a bit. It's what Hitler had for a bit. Um, and it just doesn't, it doesn't last because eventually those floating voters go, oh, no, and they move away again. And it doesn't. Mm. That's where Trump is, perhaps, that, you know, even if he were to win the Republican nomination for the presidency, mm. enough people in America are going to go, mm, no, jail time, charges, coup, no. I would certainly, I would certainly hope so, and I, I, I couldn't. Maybe not in that. Kentucky. 
I, I couldn't I couldn't personally see that he would win uh, the Republican nomination. Uh, obviously, with is, there's quite a lot of sort of strong candidates against him. The GOP, uh, I don't think would want him. Obviously, um, it's but I mean it all comes down to because of the way the American elections are done. It obviously all comes down to those sort of bellwether states and which way they go. Because obviously, you know what happened in Pennsylvania um, was uh, you know didn't go well for Hillary there. Obviously, she had Philadelphia, but she did not win the whole state. And that was a lot of electoral college votes uh, that went the other way back in uh, 2016. Mm -hmm. So all of that sort of stuff you've got to think about. It's it's these sort of swing states that can have a big effect. Is there enough people that have been? I, I mean, I think the yeah, Republicans are not going to have him as their main nominee. I mean, surely they wouldn't. I mean, it, and it is a it is a two party sort of race all the time in their country. I mean, the fact of uh, I don't. I did know the stats and when an independent last last one, but I think it is so long ago. Um, it is I, I can't actually recall off the top of my head, but um, it, it, I think it's very unlikely. But I do think he will still rally support around him. That there will be this sort of, unfortunately, like this sort of he's become this sort of like cult like. Figure. Yeah, well, that's what the show. That's the showbiz element, isn't it? That's show business for ugly people. Politics, uh, both with Corbyn and with Trump. Uh, they kind of get all this attention and perhaps it's not quite justified. And, and, and perhaps a little bit with Boris, there was the kind of showbiz element there that went before. I mean, on a much lesser note, but I mean, he was a public character. He was on Have I Got News For You a lot. He was on various things before his sort of rise through the ranks of power. Um, you know, it, it, it is, you know, people feel like they know you a bit more. They associate these things with you. You say a few things that, you know, uh, you know normal people will agree with. And, and, it, I mean, obviously, our, our cases here are very, very different. But in Trump's case, you know, he's been he's been able to tap into these sort of uh, views um, and really rally people around him. And sort of uh, because people are so sort of fed up with the it, it's that typical. They want to rebel. They go for something. Yeah, else. But, for him, so they went for yes, him. The good but, news is he's being arrested probably in the next few days and not for the first time and if I'm in a judge not for the last and I'm just I'm here for that no matter what happens well, yeah, I'm, here for that as well. I'm just I'm, I'm, I was just trying to say a healthy dose of skepticism I'm not sure Teflon Don is a uh, lost it will lose his uh, supporters just yet because well man who eats that many donuts isn't long for this world anyway he really um, really can get through it i'd just like to say that everything against him that i said is claims at the moment and because he's only been charged he's not gonna sue yes, uh, thank you very much yes <laughs> thank you everyone for taking part uh thank you um everyone who is turning their car off at the engine at the car engine off at the, at the lights and at the school run because that's what makes sense remember that children are closer to air pollution than you are uh, and they breathe it in more of it and also it's going to be their planet uh, when you finish dicking around with it so perhaps you could stop doing that thank you everybody for taking part thank you just for explaining that to us and we will see you all again next monday for another edition of the news agenda till then everybody bye 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 thank you